Welcome back to Colombian Influence, a podcast where we talk about adoption using our own experiences. We are just so excited to start this book club series of The Primal Wound. Yes, so The Primal Wound, um, we are diving into a little book club here where we discuss um, each chapter one by one. Uh, The Primal Wound has been kind of described as the adoptee Bible or kind of handbook or, you know, things to know about adoptees. And it was something that was um, really helpful for both Erica and I and a lot of people that have been following Columbia Influence as far as their path, um, figuring out their journey through adoption. Uh, The Primal Wound was written by uh, Nancy Newton-Varrier and basically in the preface of of the book. She mentions that um, the specific reason reason for writing it was that her daughter was adopted. So she started exploring the psychology behind adoptees and how and why they function the way that they do. So Nancy is a licensed marriage and family therapist located in California, and she specializes in those affected by relinquishment and adoption. So there are 16 chapters in this book, and we'll kind of go over each chapter. Today we'll start with chapter one. So it kind of goes over all different types of portions of an adoptee, adoption, um, you know, the loss, the bonding, the psychology, the attachment, the abandonment. I mean, the list is endless. So we're just going to dive in. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is also good to know. uh, It does also talk about pretty much everybody in the um, adoption triad. So being the adoptee, Mm -hmm. um, the birth mother, and then the adoptive parents. So all very important. Um, but again, it is a lot more, I think, focused on the actual psychology behind the adoptee themselves. So we basically just started, uh, started the book club, um, because it, like we said, this was a really important resource for both Erica and I, and we just want to be able to help others, you know, guide their way through it. Um, and just kind of add some to the discussion so that people aren't just going diving into this. It's a lot of information. So being able to talk about it or kind of feel like you're doing it with somebody else and, you know, figuring this out along with someone else's, uh, I think would be really helpful for a lot of people. And it's just been a really good resource for us too, honestly. I mean, it's very eye-opening, like from the beginning of when we started reading it. And this is basically both of our second times reading it. And even that I'm feeling a lot of different things, but the first time was really validating. Mm So, um, yeah, we're really excited to kind of bring this to light and talk a little about it. All right. So, um, diving into our first chapter, um, the, like I said, the preface is really good to read. It's kind of about the author's background and everything, but, uh, we're just going to dive in. Um, there's the, each chapter is broken down by different sections. Um, do we want to go through the list of them? I don't think so. We're just going to highlight, uh, some of the categories or the um, sections that the book goes over and just kind of things that stuck out to us. We obviously don't want to be going through every little thing with you guys and let you read it and kind of get your own thing from it. But um, first chapter, what are the sections that stuck most out to you, Erica? So the first chapter is actually adoption as an experience. So Mm -hmm. that in itself has so many different variables. But the first thing, the very first page even a quote that I read from it, and if you see me looking down, I'm looking at my book because I want to read it word for word, but it says, babies know more than they're supposed to know. Minutes after birth, a baby can pick out his mother's face. And to me, I just put wow right next to it. You don't think about you as a baby. You, mm, yeah. you really 
don't. And to just know that I was looking for my mom's face the moment I was born is kind of crazy. And a lot of people. chilling. It is. As we're sitting here, I just like kind of gives you the tingles a little bit. At least it does for me. It's so crazy because a lot of people who are adopted. I mean, not a lot. We can't generalize, but in our experience and maybe others we've talked to. Yeah, we've had it where pretty much from what we know, you're taken away right away when you're born. Mm-hmm. You know, the mother doesn't have any contact with you. And that kind of brings up a topic that I wanted to discuss today because also part of this, it says, if babies remember birth, then they also remember what happened right after birth, which is that their mother, the person to whom they were connected to and whom they were expecting to welcome into the world was suddenly missing. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that and I've known that and that's kind of like a hard thing to cope with but recently I just kind of gotten back in contact with my birth mother and we talk here and there but she told me I was just like tell me more about you like what have I missed like Mm -hmm. tell me your favorite color you know your favorite food you know just different Mm -hmm. things you, you have no idea about yeah and then she told me you know, first of all, she's so sorry, you know, I didn't do this, you know, on purpose or whatever, you know, all of those different things. But the main thing that stuck out to me that I'd had no idea about was she was able, not able, she snuck in to breastfeed me for two days. And that's kind of something that's stuck with me ever since I found that out a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Because what I was telling Risa was, you know, you have that connection with your mother and you know, with being there and bonding with me, it's it's not what you thought. It's not, you know, you're taken away right away. You actually had that connection and she yeah. was able to hold me and be with me. And it's just kind of like, wow, she still wasn't able to, I don't know, the, the connection wasn't strong enough to want to keep me. And so that, it hurt in a different way. I mean, I coped with it. I've coped with it already. Mm-hmm. So I think I was able to it wasn't like shocking, but it was shocking. So mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. It kind of really opened my eyes in that portion. As far as like the relationship goes, and the fact that this was like first page. First page. Oh my gosh. Like that's a lot yes. <laughs> in the first page. Seriously. So, and then it, it kind of kept me going. I was really mm-hmm. interested in it and excited to keep reading about it. But then it also talked about child abandonment. Abandonment is kind of like a death, mm-hmm. not only of the mother, but part of the self, that core being core being or essence of oneself, which makes one feel whole. And I can speak on that completely. Mm-hmm. I've always felt a void, and I, I never knew what that void was. I figured out it was my birth mom. Once I met her and reunited, that was my void. There's still a mini void because she's missed so many parts of my life, but mm-hmm. these things stuck out to me. Those are the first two pages, and it's just kind of crazy how that was such a big... Big portion. So that's kind of the awareness of babies. That's mm-hmm. a little section that was first started out in the chapter there. Um, and just so that people know also, our, at least in this first chapter, Erica and I have had like very different takeaways as far as the certain sections. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, talk through those, um, I think, in order, obviously, yeah. just so we can go there. But um, did you have others... I guess to say about the awareness portion, or did you want to talk about the section about adoption issues? You know, that one, I didn't have too much highlighted. So if you have something you want to point out on that, go for it. I mean, besides the... Let's see. Never mind. Because mine... No, because yeah. I thought you said... Um, 
adoption it, issues, but that's but it's technically nine. actually yeah the External. next one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. That's why I just jumped is... over it. Oh, so then okay, so that one is mine. Yeah, so it can match, and then I can just okay, jump perfect. into it too. So there is one portion of um, this chapter that Erica and I both kind of had some things that stick out. So the other section was the external considerations. Um, one thing that I've been learning more about as we started this podcast, so like year and almost a half in, uh, and just kind of being part of the adoptee community more, is learning about people that are really angry mm. about their adoption and really passionate about making it diminished, like completely yeah. eliminating the possibility of adoption. Yeah. And I know that was something that you and I talked about before. It was like kind of a hard thing for us to really get um, up until actually the episode that we just uh, dropped on February 25th, which is kind of naming the problematic elements of adoption. And that is a lot more specific to us as far as it being about like being orphans of poverty Mm -hmm. versus orphans of their parents and just kind of there's a lot to it. So check that episode out. That was, that is something that I think really opens up what we talk about or what they talk about in this book. Um, but a lot of what this particular section is talking about is <sighs> figuring out um, or saying that adoption should be eliminated altogether and that guardianship should be established instead. Mm-hmm. And while they also mention, they say, like, you know, the idea of it is, a you know, is lovely. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that may be something that people just fantasize about is like or that people are sad about that they don't get to be part of their birth family's like life. But what they kind of also discuss is if there isn't that element of adoption and that being your final step, if you want to call it that, is that there's a lot more likely chance just given the turmoil that families go through with let's say like addiction or Mm -hmm. poverty or anything like that stuff like that is just making it really difficult to move away from something like fostering and i I know a lot of people that were in foster care as kids Mm -hmm. and you know i don't you obviously it's apples to oranges but it's still just kind of something that they had to go through that was really difficult for them and I mean, I guess I personally, you know, Erica and I have kind of spoken about the fact that we are not pro nor anti-adoption. Mm-hmm. We do think that there's a lot that needs to be changed as far as how adoption is done, how parenting is done from the adoption standpoint, all of that kind of stuff. But this portion of that really validated kind of what I'm thinking with that is just saying that it's not it's not realistic. Right. And, you know, we never want to see the sunshine and rainbow side of things. You know, that's not what we're doing here at all. Um, we're trying to be very real about everything, but at the same time, it's it's too big of a idea. And we haven't had that portion of adoption, you know, like right. that's that's a section that we haven't experienced. So mm-hmm. kind of talking to Kate on that episode really opened my eyes on a lot of things that yeah. are happening. Mm-hmm. And it's just I think that's why I, I didn't really skim over this section, but I couldn't relate as much because we haven't had that experience. Yeah. But it's so real, and I guess that's all I got to say. It was so real. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you have anything highlighted on that one? Um, for this particular section, it was saying, um, while I applaud the attempt at honesty which this idea provides, it seems to me to be a long type of long-term foster care, 
with the child having no real sense of family at all. Mm. So that's going to be so difficult. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that I get because I really now, especially I'm a lot closer with my family. So it's, I can't imagine not having that. And I keep my people close, you know, like my friends are also like my family to me. So it's. And I think the section right after that is where I really kind of grasped and understood and related to it said one woman told me that she had intended to write a long letter to her birth mother about whom she had no conscious memory but for whom she had been thinking about searching she wanted to explain how she felt about being adopted she decided to write with her left hand because she had heard that this would access her right brain and put her more in touch with her feelings taking the pen in hand she wrote dear mommy come get me after that she told me there seems to be nothing more to say which is that just like deflated me mm-hmm. like that's because I, I underlined that the first time also just that line mm-hmm. and just how simple it's left. And it's so interesting because literally like two or three days ago, I had a Facebook post pop up. It was nine years ago. So 2012, when I was a senior, my senior year, mm-hmm. it said times like this, I wish I knew my mom. One day I'll find you promise to never forget me. And I'll put that on the screen on kind of just the, the memory it came up and posted at. But oh my gosh. I don't know what I was thinking that day. I don't know why I wrote that. But obviously wow. it was it was stuck sticking with me that, you know, hopefully she never forgot me because I never forgot her. Yeah. And it's kind of just the same. It's just one simple thing. Just don't forget me. Mm-hmm. But mommy, come get me. So that really stuck out to me on that chapter and area. Wow. You guys were on page nine. Like... <laughs> Just have to say that, like, there is so much to this book, and like we said, we are going over just as basic as much basic as we can, mm-hmm. just to give you guys the freedom, but just to kind of help guide you through it. But there's a lot in this, so mm-hmm. also just want to put out the, um, I don't know, just the suggestion to give yourself patience and grace as you're going through this and reading it slowly and Mm -hmm. take your time. The chapters aren't long, but they're so filled with so much information and feelings and rawness and validation. I mean, I needed a day to take that whole chapter in. Exactly. I called you crying. Like, holy crap, like that. (laughs) Holy crap, that chapter just opened my eyes to so much that I've been feeling and holding back and, you know, just ripping those bandits off that I've been hiding all of these feelings and emotions that are real. You know, these people feel the same that I do. And it, that's super validating, but also like, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, kind of How like shakes your foundation a yeah. little bit. Just being like, okay, I've been fine. Yeah. Ah, but then this is happening. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a lot. So um, let's see, continuing on, uh, looks like, okay, a, the abandonment and adoption as yeah, an experience. Yeah, a quick thing with that. Um, There was a lot in this section as well that I highlighted and went over, um, but I won't go into detail on all of it. Just a few things that I wanted to point out was during this book and during while she was writing it, she spoke to a lot of different adoptees. So she was able to get their take on how they felt during certain situations. And when she spoke to a man, in here it says, a man spoke of feeling of not fitting in and not knowing why. And I have felt that my entire life. Yeah, I look similar to my family. Yeah, I fit in. You know, we love we love sports. We, you know, I've played sports my whole life. My brother played sports. We work out. You know, mm-hmm. all of that was the same. 
like big family functions or certain things like that. Yeah. I just felt off. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It just it just wasn't me. And I, I tried to fit in and, you know, everyone loved me and loves me, you know, and made me feel part of the family. Like there there was no. But there is a difference. Like, I get that. Like, but I totally you can't you can't see the difference. Yes, yeah. I can only feel that difference, and mm-hmm. no one will understand that. So when he said that, and when I read that, I just related to him mm-hmm. right away, and it's just pretty crazy that that just that's a, that it exists. Like I think for me is like when thinking about this specifically, and like not feeling the same as mm-hmm. you know everybody else. I always put it in the other side of mm. being like. How do people feel mm. when they're not like me? What is that feeling? I've never thought that before. See, I always just like, like I why are you it? open to me? Like, ah! Sorry. <laughs> wow. But no, like that's how I always think about it is just yeah. like I don't know. I think it's uh, just envi- envisioning like feeling normal? Yeah, or yeah, and I like, like I obviously I'm cautious to use the word normal, but like sure. when it comes to like a conventional family. Yeah. How do you feel? Like, it's just like the same thing as being, I mean, when, when we talked about birthdays, mm-hmm. same thing as being in the room of people that were there mm-hmm. or that share your bloodline. Mm-hmm. It's something as simple as that. And the thing is, is like people who do don't think about it ever. Not it's not a thought whatsoever. So I think that's what it is for me because I've started mm-hmm. thinking about it the opposite direction just being like, that is so what am I missing? What do they feel? You know. So, okay, so that was abandonment and adoption as an experience. I have one more Ooh, yes. little part on that. Yeah. So it's it's a huge paragraph. I just wrote yes with like four exclamation points and a star because I did that I, a lot. <laughs> I related Best to way this, to notate something. <laughs> and I'm not going to like read the whole thing, but I'm going to read one part. It's adoption isn't a concept to be learned, a theory to be understood, or an idea to be developed. It's a real life experience about which adoptees have had and are continually to constant and conflicting feelings, all which are legitimate. Their feelings are a response to the most devastating experience they are ever likely to have, the loss of their mother. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the last one that sticks up to me, like, sticks out to me, and I, like, the first time have just three exclamation points, that's mm-hmm. it, because uh, that was from the first time I read it. Um, it's just the section on birthdays and birthday parties. And the fact that this was in the first chapter, I remember reading it the first time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got my own section. Like, <laughs> this is me. Um, it's just so, it was just so interesting reading about that. And the the section talks about, like, the author's daughter and just saying that the first few days, like, before her birthday and her birthday itself and, like, other adoptees, like, kind of self-sabotaging and just being unhappy that day. And I didn't, like, pick out necessarily, I picked out one quote for this, um, saying that for adoptees, birthdays commemorate an experience, not of joy, but of one, but one of loss and sorrow. Mm -hmm. That's all, you know, like, that's as simply put as I could. Um, For myself, I had just written down, uh, memory is built into the psyche and cells, and an anniversary is, like, you have an anniversary reaction, So, and I've learned through other traumas Mm -hmm. that dates and specifics like that hold a lot of power in my body and my mind. And I remember reading this section, you know, for the first time and just feeling really seen Mm -hmm. and feeling really valid and just 
okay, I'm not the only person that feels this way. And, you know, our birthday episode, it's our birthday, I can cry if I or it's my birthday, I can cry if I mm-hmm. want to. That goes into more detail about that. Um, I knew this one would stick out to you. Of course it did. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing that a lot of people are just, I don't know, that's just kind of an adjustment to getting to know me is just mm-hmm. like, okay, she doesn't, she's a 20-something girl and she doesn't celebrate her birthday. Like, At first I'm like... Risa, like, come I, on. That's what everybody says, but too. But the deeper, well, first of all, our connection's a connection changed. that- It's obviously changed yeah, since we've gotten to know that, each other. And it's a connection that I can't explain. I was telling Adrian this yesterday, like, Risa gets me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it. Like, she will be there in my life for the rest of my oh life my because <laughs> she understands me. And it's like, in a way, no one else can understand. And I've never had someone where I'm able to just let it all out mm-hmm. and really be raw in my own thoughts and- you know, de- diving deep into like things I've never said. Yeah. So well, and that and also just with stuff like this where you and I differ, mm-hmm. but are able to very much internalize how the other's feeling yeah. and be, you know, accepting of it. Because I think a lot of non-adoptees are not accepting of the fact Absolutely. that I don't celebrate my birthday. I'm like, it's just Can you just let me do this thing or not sure. do the thing. Like they don't understand. Oh, why does it have to be something? And, and I, oh, that just I just had to crazy. hear you on it, honestly, yeah. because. Your your feelings are valid. You mm-hmm. can feel how you want to feel, and that makes a hundred percent sense. And that kind of like jumps into our next little part here. We are going to put um, a little blurb on our Instagram. I don't know if we'll do it on our story or just a post. Probably a post just to have continual yeah, discussion discussion on this. But the first question we had was, how do you as an adoptee feel about your birthday? Do you celebrate it? So my answer is pretty basic because my whole life I've celebrated my birthday. I've loved my birthday Mm -hmm. and kind of going right in hand to hand until I met you. I didn't ever think about my birthday being the day I lost my birth mom. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about it that way. And the more I connect with other adoptees and read more about adoption in general, I feel that sadness. I I get it. Mm -hmm. It's, It's real. It's there. It's a sad day. Why would you want to celebrate it? And I think since I've celebrated it for so long, I can't just not. And so I'll continue to celebrate my birthday. But a good thing that we've kind of done together is (laughs) celebrate my arrival day. Because that's a special day where I'm brought into my family that loves me and has raised me and given me everything that they've can. So that's kind of my take on birthdays. I know it's it's very opposite of you, but... I completely understand where you're coming from. The longer I've done this and the yeah. more I relate to you and kind of talk with you on it, it's mm-hmm. it's real. It's hard. I think it's also kind of a really good example of what like kinds of things that we're taking from this book is and from other adoptees' experiences is that we're able to um, hear another side mm-hmm. and yet sometimes it is painful and we internalize it. Like the conversation we had with Kate that, you know, yeah. the episode for February 25th, that hit us both really, really hard because we finally understood and felt those things instead of just hearing it. We were like, oh, mm-hmm. so this kind of can tie into us. And and even that, not even necessarily being the only reason. It right. was just that we internalized it and felt it. So I think that's a, like the birthday thing is a really, really good example of how you mm-hmm. and I have been able to, you know, look into these things a little bit differently. I mean, for me, as far as like birthdays, I obviously don't celebrate it. It's... You know, I was always just kind of feeling off and it wasn't really until adulthood that I was able to put my finger on why. It wasn't even just, you know, recently. It was more so just like as I kept growing up and just resenting it and not wanting mm-hmm. to do it. Um, I now just 
you know, I love celebrating other people's birthdays. You know that, you know, mm-hmm. I will go all out for you and I'll go out for my friends. And it's like, it's really fun for me. But, you know, and I celebrate pretty much my birthday with just my parents. It's kind of the same for my arrival day. Um, even though like that, I feel is way more special. It's just like, I do something with my parents or, you know, something like that. And then I always, now I end up doing something with you, which is a great addition to it. Just being able to actually make it special, you know, and being it different than my birthday, especially too. So, um, yeah, I, I really like the fact that especially my parents just really acknowledge these two days the way that I ask and they honor that. And same with you. You know, mm-hmm. like people that are really in my corner are really respecting that. And I think that's really all that I can do at this point and ask for. sure. For. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I land with it. So I guess jumping into the second question we have kind of as a group discussion, open discussion for as long as you'd like to keep commenting on our videos and things that we'll continue to kind of discuss and talk about is when do you think the right time is to tell your child he or she is adopted? And this talks deeply on a section in the book. So mm-hmm. if you read it, you'll definitely understand kind of where we're coming from. But personally, I think it should be talked about right away. I oh, mean, yeah. it should it should never be hidden. I mean, there was a part in the book. It looks like it was on page 11. It states babies already know about adoption. It happened to them. Mm. So why keep something your child is trying to understand and cope with as a secret? Yeah, they already know. That's what's so weird, too, is, like, I mean, they were there, you know. They they were there and you weren't, basically, is sometimes the case as far as Mm -hmm. adoptee or adoptive parents. Um, I guess in addition to that, I I think it's also just because kids just feel out of place. They don't know they're adopted, but they feel out of place. um, And they'll feel like they and this situation is a bad secret and that they were being kept a secret. And they associate then adoption with being a hidden, dirty thing that then they have to cope with for the rest yeah. of their lives. You know, that's something that shouldn't be the case. It should be open and honest conversation. Um, I know for me, it was definitely referred to in like my second birthday tape. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about this. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like things like that where I was like, I don't know what anything is. Like mm-hmm. I was two, turning two. But you, know? you knew. But it was just like that was part of the conversation. And like I've mentioned this before as far as like my big, uh, the big picture book that um, my parents made for me that my mom used to go through as kind of like a bedtime story. story. Yeah, yeah. Like a bedtime story and just kind of telling me the story and it was my story. Mm-hmm. So it's just like normalizing that and just making it be Absolutely. part of your identity from the get go is yeah. really, I think the way to go. And that question I think is more also towards adoptive parents. Uh, yeah. Which we would also highly recommend this, especially for adoptive yes. parents because understanding us yeah. is the biggest thing that we could ask for yeah. or, you know, Talk change, about. Mm-hmm. normalize, you know, all of those kinds of things I think could use some work, mm-hmm. you know, just to make the adopting experience a little more comfortable. And mm-hmm. I guess just, I don't know, I can envision like adoptive parents maybe reading this as their child is still, you know, either a baby or growing up or something and then being able to, you know, maybe pass it along to their kid as an adult, as being able to touch on and maybe read the quotes that their mm-hmm. parents highlighted. And I validate your feelings. What you feel is normal, you know. And feeling and reading yes. and these things and, like, empathizing on a very technical sense, even mm-hmm. though it's about, you know, obviously it's psychology. That's all, you know, emotions and feelings and all that kind of stuff. But it's being able to connect on those kinds of things and, I don't know, just being able to come full circle and have it be a, a normal conversation. So... Um, 
I guess that uh, that concludes our first chapter of the Primal Wound uh, book club. So obviously it's a really tough subject. So again, just um, encouraging everybody to give themselves time and space and even reading a section, mm-hmm. you know, at a time. I find that writing in my books and highlighting and everything makes it, I guess, more, uh, I don't know, helpful for the second time I read it, especially mm-hmm. and just being like, oh, what did I feel last time? Let's see if this is different. So, And reach out to us. If you're yeah. feeling a certain way, we felt it or we know about it or we want to hear your side on it. Yeah. So continue to reach out to us. We will be that listening ear. I know it's hard to find that support. And I found it through Risa, and it took me 26 years to find you. So we are here for you. Honestly, we are. And just be sure, um, if you are looking for a copy of The Primal Wound, uh, go to our website, colombianinfluence.com, C-O-L-O-M-B-I-A-N, influence.com. <laughs> um, and under resources, you can find a link to our bookshop where we um, have this on one of our lists. So go ahead, check it out there. And uh, part of the proceeds will go to Colombian Influence to help us make more content. So... Lastly, before we end it, how did this chapter make you feel? Did you relate to it at all? I definitely did. I mean, as far as first chapter, first glance, it was just... First page. Yeah, first page, first sentence. You know, it was a lot to connect with right away. So I'm I'm vibing, you know. I did too. Yeah. And it's crazy because we've both read about, you know, three-fourths halfway through the first time. And we felt that. And I felt sad the first time. You did it. You felt very... Validated. That's validated. Really <laughs> Absolutely. And now the second time I read it, the more I'm looking into the words, feeling it deeper, I'm like, I'm still sad, but I, I feel empowered to be like, this is okay. This is us. This is who we are. Yeah. You know, just continue to grow. So I guess as always, like all of our social medias, follow us. Send us comments. Comment your um, answers on the questions below. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time for Book Club Series 2. Until next time. Later. Bye.